also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengthens her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands to hold the distaff, or her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household, and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading, Proverbs 31. We honor mothers, and mothers only. Women can only be mothers. Who would have ever dreamed that we'd been in a, a situation well, that's even up to question. No man has ever birthed a baby. Nor ever will. Uh, no woman has ever impregnated a man. And never will. But somehow this bunch of politicians... That are, what they're doing is buying votes, folks. That's what they're doing. They're buying votes. By playing along with this transgender garbage, which is what it is. There's two genders, male and female. That's what God created. And he said it was good. He put Adam and Eve together and said it was good. And they came together and gave birth to children. And that's the only way that it'll ever happen. We went down to Shakertown not long ago. Oh, great time down there. Great food. And just it's a very pleasant place to go. It's called Pleasant Hill. 
This is a very pleasant place to go. But you know why there are no more shakers? Because that woman that started them, Sister Anna Lee, I think it's Ann Lee or Anna Lee, whatever, Ann Lee from England. She obviously was a man hater. And she made up her own doctrine and people followed her. Now they did a lot of good work as far as craftsmanship. Uh, but boy, when it came to spirituality and Bible truth, they way, way off. And she made those married couples split up. If they were married and joined up with them, the husbands and wives had to split up. Well, after, it was the early 1800s that they came uh, to America, and I think this up in New York and several places, and they're in Harrisburg. Uh, but you know what happened to them? They died out. And if you start listening to this bunch today, this transgender bunch, multiple sexes, genders, that's what will happen to us. God, God said go forth and replenish the earth. So we're running out of space. No, we're not. Anybody ever fly very far in an airplane? We ain't about to run out of space. We've got, we've got land that ain't nobody ever even been on yet. And to talk about global warming, well, it ain't happening. But if it did, that'd just open up far more land for people to live on. Global warming wouldn't be a bad thing. Say, well, the polar bears have to go somewhere else and get their food. And we all have to change every now and then. But anyway, it's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of communist stuff. Anyway, read over in Genesis a little bit. We're talking about women and mothers. I'd like to read that whole third chapter, but I won't. God put the curse because they ate the fruit. Now, what was the fruit? I don't know. I don't know. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And there's the first question mark we encounter in the Bible. And it's Satan working through the serpent that is questioning the word of God. Now you've got preachers that are questioning the word of God instead of, instead of declaring it. Uh, bought into Satan's lies. Well, then the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Of course, she added to the word. I guess when, you, when people start questioning, then you can go ahead and add to it. 
uh, which is what's going on in our world today. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now he's absolutely denying the word of God. And that's what's going on in our world today. It's not only question the word of God, but outright denying the word of God. And there are even so-called churches denying the word of God. But then he goes on and says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, part of that was right. He just didn't tell them that you can't ever get back where you are. Because you won't be God. Well, you know, people are trying to be God, their own gods today. They are. That's why I don't listen to the word of God. Well, I can do it on my own. I can do it this way. I can do it that way. No, no, you can't. Anyway, the Lord heard them. Or they heard the voice of the Lord in verse 8. The Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, why would Adam and Eve hide from God? They have a psychosis, don't they? They got a mental problem now. They have uh, uh, psychosis here. Yeah, they got problems because they're guilty. Well, you see, there's nothing wrong with guilt, guilty. There's nothing wrong with guilt feelings. They all feel guilty. What well, probably cause you are. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? That's why you'd feel guilty if you were. And everybody ought to feel guilty sometimes because we're all guilty. Well, so Adam and Eve hid themselves from the Lord. The Lord God called Adam and said to him, where art thou? We know that God's not trying to find out where they are. God knows where they are. God is omniscient. There's nothing God doesn't know. Say, well, does God know everybody? Well, he certainly created them all. And he knows them. Does he have a relationship with them? No, not everybody. And so he said, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now he's really got some psychosis. I was afraid. Oh, don't be afraid. Yes, Adam, you ought to be afraid because you're guilty. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the things that Paul says about our generation there's no fear of God before their eyes. They say, well, I'm, uh, I ain't afraid to die. Wait till you open your eyes in hell. You'll see. Anyway, he said, who told thee that I was naked? How'd you, how'd you know that, Adam? Well, God, of course God knows how he knew it. Because what he's done. Uh, Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat. Has I eaten of that tree? Well, certainly knows exactly what he's done. And then they say, well, it wasn't my fault, God. Pass the buck now. The woman whom thou gavest to, me with me, gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat. It was her fault. Yeah, but Adam, you were the federal head. You were the head of the house. And you followed her. Nothing wrong with her. She's where she's supposed to be. You ain't where you're supposed to be. 
And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Well, she ain't going to take it. So she passes the buck also. The woman said, The, the, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. That serpent cheated me. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go. Now if you don't believe that the serpent was upright, walking upright, why did he say upon thy belly shalt thou go? If he was already on his belly, that wouldn't have been a curse. He was, he was upright walking. Would you want to live your life crawling in the dirt? I wouldn't. And he didn't want to either. But God said, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Wonder how much dust they do eat. It had to be a bunch. Depends on where they go through. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now you got two seeds here. You got the seed of the serpent and you got the seed of the woman. Now who is the seed of the serpent? It's the devil. Who is the seed of the woman? Ultimately it is Jesus Christ. And the one seed is going to conquer the other seed. On the book of 1 John it says that Jesus was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that's when he came, lived his perfect life, earned perfect righteousness under the law, and submitted himself to the death of the cross, and he paid for all of the sins of all of his people. He did not pay for all of the sins of all the people, for all the world, for all time. And there's a Baptist preacher in a church in Lexington that's got that on his, or their church, uh, there's several of them have got that, that Jesus paid for all the sins of all the people of all, all time. <coughs> if that's true, got no business preaching the gospel. If Jesus Christ died for all the sins of all the people, then all the sins of all the people have been put away. And there is no condemnation. You don't need, the, you don't need anything. Just go on your merry way because you're all right. That's what they're saying. But it ain't true. Not even close to true. He did die for all of the sins of all of his people, but not for all of the people. Say, well, that's that's unfair. Salvation is not a a a situation of fairness. Not at all. Salvation is all by the sovereign grace of Almighty God. All right. But he said, now unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Now, I've never had a baby. None of you brethren have ever had a baby. I realize there are some teetotal, psychotic people in the world today that say they're a man and had a baby but they're liars 
They're just inveterate liars is what they are. No man can have a baby. Did y'all hear that? No man can have a baby. Only a woman can have a baby. That's the way God created us. All right. Now, I do not know what kind of situation Eve would have had had it not been for the sin in the Garden of Eden and the curse placed on her. I don't know. I really don't know. I really can't speculate. I, I can say this. If he multiplies the sorrows that she brings forth children, conception and childbirth, it's multiplied. That means it's far worse than it ever was. However it would have been. I don't know if the birth process could have been any different the way we're made. It could just have been without near as much pain and sorrow. And how many dear mothers have died in childbirth? Many, many have died in childbirth. And that's so tragic. Anyway, and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. Now we've got women today that want to be men. Probably some have always wanted to be. And that's not because it's natural. It's because they're sinners. Men, there are some men that want to be women. I'm sure there are. But that's not because of their birth. That's not because of their nature. It's because they're sinners and they're rebels against God and they're rebellion, rebelling at God's natural order and at God's position. I say these men that don't know their men and women that don't know their women, they need to get better mirrors. Because it's not hard to tell. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, you know, there's only one, it's only one or two ways it can go. It can't go any other way. And it's either one or the other. And if you're this way, that's the way you are. If you're that way, that's the way you are. And that's how you must live. Say, oh, well, my mind is different. Because you're a rebel. You're a rebel sinner. (laughs) Now, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Now, I have to admit to you, I don't think I've ever gone against my wife's advice. Have I, honey? I re- greatly respect my wife's mind, her in- intellect, her intelligence, and her decision-making ability. It's great. And I don't even, hardly question it. I don't think that does me any harm. I'm supposed to be the manager of my house. That's what it is, manager, head of your house, you're the manager of the house. Well, a good manager, we've got some right here, years as managers. You, it's not, you don't just do it all your way. You, you've got good employees, you kind of let them have their head, don't you? You don't micromanage everything they do. If they know what they're doing, you let them go. Now, you have to do the overall picture. But a manager... He doesn't do everything. Any man thinks he can do everything, he's out of his gourd. You can't do everything. But if you're managing, you know what you know what your personnel are. You know what your wife is and what she can do. Some guys insist on handling their money and they end up bankrupt. 
when they could let the wife handle the money and they'd be on easy street. I know I can give you some answers to that. So who's done that? I know for, for, for a fact who did that. Because it was so macho, my money. Now if you're married, it's our money. I don't care whether she's working or not. Some women work. They have to work. But it's, it's not your money. It's our money. If my wife stays home and takes care of the home, provides for that home and all that, and I go out and work, uh, you know, I've worked two and three jobs all my, most of my life till I got hurt. Uh, it's still not my money. It's our money. She enables me to go out and work. And so I go out and I provide. And then when I come in, she's still working. I can help her. I don't have, I don't, I don't have to sit my butt down because I've been out working. I got, I got enough strength. I got enough, uh, uh, stamina. I go on work a little while longer and help my wife get some of the stuff done, some of the hard stuff done. And we can work together and we can have a wonderful home. It works out good. When you work together and accomplish something, it's so wonderful. It really, it ain't work at all. It's fun. And you get the kids working. It's fun to work. Being lazy is a, a bum. It's, it's just, it's so damaging to anybody and everything. Anyway, but Adam, uh, because of all that was because he heart listened to the voice of his wife. Now, if you're, you, you gotta have enough sense, brethren, that if that woman wants you to do something ungodly, nay, you talk as one of the foolish women is what Job said. So you have to be able to re- re- recognize. All right. And you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Rose bushes didn't even have thorns until the curse. Now, oh, that's not, this is not true. Sure, it's true. That's what God said. This is the word of God. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Well, that's greenery. In the sweat of thy face, not thy brow, the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. I remember my mother used to talk about her, her dear daddy. She loved him so much. Old hard rock farmer up in Clark County, hill farms, you know. Wasn't like we saw up there in Indiana, made it flat as a flitter, far as you could see. Well, it wouldn't be hard to farm that land at all. When you got nothing but hills and rocks and stumps and all that, my mother talked about her her poor daddy go out and trying to trying to clear out a, a, a field to to plant tobacco or whatever a corn or what they're going to plant. How him out all day long, up to dark, uh, trying to dig out stumps and and, and all that and uh, everything kicking back and cutting him and all that stuff. Been hard work. And that's what God said that man had. All right. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And that's where we go. Atheists alike, they all go to the same dust. That's where they came from. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. And we're talking about women. Eve means life in Hebrew. 
because she was the mother of all living. Now, the first thing people say, where'd Cain get his wife? He must have married a monkey. That's what they say. You see, it says Eve, the woman Eve, is the mother of all living, and of course it's all living human beings. We are not animals, as the government schools try to teach you. We're not animals. Nothing wrong with animals, but they're animals. They're not human. But Eve, the first woman, is the mother of all living. Now there is a, an all in context that means all. All living human beings. So we do honor women and we do honor mothers because Eve is the mother of all living. Every human being. Every last one of them. Whether you go to South America, Philippines, Europe, Kentucky, wherever you go, every human being traces their existence back to Eve. Say, so, well, what about all that prehistoric time? There isn't any such thing. Prehistory does not exist. This is the history of the world. And so Eve is the mother of all living. Therefore, we honor women and mothers. Now, I don't know how much more time i got. Let's go to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. I'd like to do this whole chapter, but I don't have time. Uh, chapter 8. Yeah. After the, he rolled in the sand, rolled in the dirt, rolled in on the ground. The law, I think he wrote the law. The woman taken in adultery. That, and in uh, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. Now these are red letters. I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now think of what he's saying. He that follows me. If he's the light of the world, you're not going to be in darkness. Because right. he's the light of the world. And you shall have the light of life. And that is the light. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined into our hearts. There's the light. The light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. And Jesus answered said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came, 
and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You all judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. Now there's your two witnesses. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. And you see, that's, that's the thing. Jesus is either who he says he is and who God says he is, or you don't have him at all. Then said they unto him, verse 19, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. Now you realize who he's talking to here? The Pharisees. These religious Jews. I mean the religious of the religious Jews. You neither know me nor my father. Well now, Jesus, aren't you being divisive here? Well, actually, yes. Oh, I follow Jesus. He's not divisive. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. He said, you don't know me nor my father. You realize what he just did right there. He took their religion away from them right there. Your religion is no religion at all. You don't even know the father. Because if you had known me, you should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And said, well, well, he's on their territory. He ought to work with them. No. He's on his territory. See, we'd be, we would be absolutely put down if that was us doing that. Just like he would. Anyway. No man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you all shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether or where I go, you cannot come. If I was going to put a title of this, I'd talk about finality. Scary finality. Go on a little bit. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he says, whether I go, you cannot come. You see, they have no conception of what he's talking about. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said, therefore, unto you. Now, now, you said, well, he created the world, yes. But this is not the same world he created. This world is totally different than the one he, than he created. Number one, because Adam sinned and the curse God placed on it. And number two, 1,500 years later, there was a worldwide global flood that completely altered the topography of this planet and probably most of the underneath of it and completely changed it and the weather. Our weather is not stable. It has never been stable. 
actually since the Garden of Eden. But, uh, but especially it's not stable since the flood of Noah's day. And so, well, what about global warming? We're still settling out from the worldwide flood. Now, I heard that Attenborough early this morning on that BBC thing talking about, well, it was in Australia and uh, Madagascar and talking about 200 million year old animals. They've been there for 200 million years. Nobody ever challenges those people. How do you know it's 200 million? Well, that's because where they are. How do you date the fossils, 160 million year old fossils? Well, we date them by the strata in which we find them. Well, how do you date the strata in which you find them? We date it by the fossils that we find in the strata. Now, I'm telling you, that's what they do. That is exact. These museums and all that, challenge them. That is exactly what they do. The only way they can date a fossil is that they guesstimate it because of what strata they find it in. And they've already determined that that strata is so many millions or billions of years old, and they have no way of knowing it. There is no radiometric system of dating that can possibly date fossils. They cannot do it. It's not capable of doing it. And the only time they can get an accurate date with radiometric dating, I'm talking about carbon-14 or uh, all the others, radon or whatever the ones are, is if they already know what the date of it is. How old is this bottle? Well, probably 20 years old. Well, put the, red, put the carbon 14 on it. Yep, 20 years old is what it is. But now if you didn't know it, no way could you put a date to it. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I know enough about it that I know when they tell you they date these billions of years, millions of years by carbon-14, they're lying through their teeth. They do not. They cannot. Well, yes, this world is different. Jesus said, I'm not from this world. Well, now there's coming a time when Jesus won't say that. When I saw a new heaven and a new earth, he won't be saying that. But that's what he's saying right now. So let's get back to that reading. Uh, verse 24, I said, therefore, unto you. Now, if, Jesus, if the Lord says it one time, that settles it. But boy, when he says it again, you better doubly listen. I say, said, therefore, unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. There's three times he says it. Yeah. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, 
even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him or from him. Because he was a prophet without equal. He spoke truly from the Father. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, let's talk about the cross. Then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How does the truth make you free? It frees you from all of your paganism. From all your false notions that you have have picked up and learned and theorized yourself. To know the truth, you know that, that you're not right. You know that there's no other way. You know that there's no God but the one God manifest in three persons. You know that that's true. But now listen. He said, ye shall die in your sins. Uh, Sound like he knows what he's talking about, doesn't it? It sounds like he knows what's going to happen to those people that he's talking to. He didn't say perhaps you will. Might possibly, or you're in danger. He said three times, ye shall die in your sins. Well, you know, we've been taught that God loves the sinner but hates the sin. You hear that all over, more now than ever. God loves the sinner but hates the sin. That's just simply not true. God does not cast sin into hell. Sin is not a tangible that can be cast into hell. Sin is a transgression of God's law. So he cannot cast sin into hell. So what? Who goes to hell? The sinner that sins. This is the only way it is. It's no other way. And to die in your sins means that you die unforgiven. I don't know that people really know what forgiveness is all about. But I do know when the Lord brings conviction down on you, you want forgiveness. You need forgiveness. You must have forgiveness. And you know there's only one place you can get it. And if you are 
convinced of the fact that you are a sinner, I don't think you want to die in your sins. How awful that would be. Well, I know that I watch the obituaries because I try to find them. You know, I'd like to know somebody's died that I need to take note of and all that, and I watch them. And another thing, that's the only way I can read the paper because <laughs> I can still get those on the computer. I can't get the rest of it. I get the headlines, but I don't get the body of it. But anyway, but I can get, still get the obituaries. And I, I take note of them. I listen to them and, and, you know, read them. And I found, boy, there's been a lot of young people here lately. This past week, there's been a whole slew. I mean, from 16 years old on up, 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. And you've had some, a couple of them, a hundred. But, but they're all, then most of them are down around 60, 70. Uh, but then a lot of them are a lot younger than that. So there's, you know... And you know what I've observed with all these obituaries? You read a whole lot more obituaries before you can find something that honors the Lord. I mean, it used to be a time that people were absolutely just, they just had a phobia against your obituary not saying that you were a part of a church. Used to be a time, you know, it didn't matter. He was a member of the Baptist church. He didn't even know, didn't even know what church. You used to see that all the time. Because you, you just had to put a church in there. But you know what? They are few and far between now. When any kind of a church, let alone a sound church. And it's so refreshing when you see somebody died in the Lord, if they truly were in the Lord, they did not die in their sins. But you can pretty much rest assured that when, well, he was really into uh, bird watching. Or to his biking or trail riding or trail walking or was into this. And nothing wrong with all, stuff's all that stuff individually. But, but you read them all the time. That they spent, he's near 80 years old. And all he ever did was this, that, and this, that, and this, that. Nothing about he's ever a member of a church. Nothing about he served the Lord. Nothing about it. So you know what I conclude? If that's the way the obituary really is, that they match what Jesus says right here, uh, you shall die in your sins. Man, what finality to die unforgiven. Look back at chapter 7. Verse 33, Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Because we know who that is. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me. And where I am, there, thither, or there, you cannot come. My, how exclusive. Well, you have no right to deny somebody of anything. That's what they all say. You can't, you can't just say that. You have to open it up to everybody. Jesus doesn't. He said, 
You cannot come where I'm going. Huh. What about all this free will and just compassion on everybody? It just doesn't exist, folks. It just doesn't exist. And there's a specific group of people. And how big is that group? I think it's awfully big. I think it's huge. And Jesus said, you, you can not find me. So to die in your sins, you'll never be able to find a Savior. Amen. That's pretty final, isn't it? Man. You cannot come where he is. Let me give you another scripture over here. Proverbs 1. Verse 24. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have said it nothing, all my counsel, and would none or would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. My goodness. I think we're talking about the same deal here. People say, well, God's got a sense of humor. This is an irony. He said, I will, because you have said it nothing, all my counsel, and would have none of my reproof, I don't like you talking to me about the Lord. I don't like you telling me that I'm lost. You have no right to tell me that I'm lost and going to hell. You hear that? Preachers even say that. Oh, we can't tell people that. God said, because you have said it, nothing. All my counsel. His word is his counsel. Amen. And would have none of my reproof. God can tell you what to do. And what it tells you is exactly right. But you'll not have it. Don't bother me with that word. Don't bother me with the Bible. I've even known people said, don't bring that thing in my house. I've had people claiming to be saved said, don't, I don't care what that thing says. Just like that. I don't care what that thing says. Talking about the word of God. That's when you shake the dust off your feet and say, I'm sure you don't. I do. And I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. He says in other places too. To die in your sins, you die unforgiven. To die in your sins, you'll not you'll seek him but not be able to find him. Now I don't know what's going on in hell right now. I can see Luke 16 that the rich man he begged for a drop of water on his tongue. Didn't beg to get out because he knew it was where he belonged. And he had to bow to the Lord to get out and he wasn't about to do that. But he did so a little concerned it seemed like for his brothers. Go back to them. 
If you send somebody back from the dead, they'll hear them. No, they won't. No, they won't. We've had one to come back from the dead, haven't we? Been back, came back 2,000 years ago and got the word of God to prove it. They don't hear it anyway, do they? Still don't hear it. Oh, but God, you ought to let everybody in heaven. Nobody has gone to hell in the last 40 years. Everybody that's died has miraculously had a transformation between the time they took their last breath and breathed it out. And they're in heaven. Oh, we got, we got, got them all in heaven now. But they're not all there. There's some. But if they're in heaven, they didn't die in their sins. If they're in heaven, they're there with the Lord because they have a Savior. But if you die in your sins, you cannot come where he is. There is no heaven. When you die in your sins, there's no heaven. As everybody says, everybody dies and goes to heaven. Nobody dies and goes to hell, but that's not true. There's only hell. If you die in your sins, there's only hell and no heaven. And then I, I wanted to say this. You shall die in your sins. There's a doctrine that is widely preached called Arminianism. And it says that Jesus died for all of the sins of all of the people of all time. There's independent Southern Baptist churches all over this town that preach that. Got it in their doctrinal statement. If Jesus tells these folks specifically, and he does, you all shall die in your sins. I deny that the Lord Jesus paid their sin debt on the cross. There's many people that died unforgiven, no heaven, only hell. Well, as he goes on, uh, verse 34, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Now, to be free indeed means that you die out of your sins in Christ, sins forgiven with the Savior, and you go to heaven. Amen. But I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. Does God's word have a place in you? Isn't that a good question? Amen. Does God's word have a place in you? Well, that's what he's saying. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father, and we find out that their father is Satan. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. 
And the Bible said Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. But now you all seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth. Paul said that to the Galatians. Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Did Jesus become your enemy because he told the truth that you're going to die in your sins? If you don't believe in me, you're going to die in your sins? Verse 41, he says, or 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. They Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They thought they did. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You, you all are of your father, the devil. Talk about finality. You shall die in your sins. My word hath no place in you. You are of your father, the devil. I, how, how much plainer can you get? And the lust of your father you will do. Well, what was all that? Well, he was a murderer from the beginning. What were they wanting to do to Jesus? To murder him. And they did. And he abode not in the truth. And you don't abide in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. In your father. And like begets like. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's a liar and a murderer. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Why don't you believe Jesus? You don't believe him because he tells you the truth. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And I, if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Now here it is. He that is of God, hears God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. You shall die in your sins. You shall die unforgiven. You shall die unable to come to the Lord cannot find the Savior of your father the devil God help us to appreciate what we do have if you're not saved